Welcome back, team, to week five of No Sports Fans. Why am I trying so hard? <laughs> Fancy football me- project. All right. Would you like me to give it a go? <laughs> My brain is fucking melting right now, and I don't know why. Welcome, everybody, back to week five to the Sunken City Fantasy Project presented by No Sports Radio with your main host, Brian, and me, me, the co-host, Joel. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, dude. Um, yeah, I was struggling there with the, the intro. I, I don't know why. It's, it was a long weekend. I think I might have got a concussion just like every other player. <laughs> this guy's concussed. Yeah, man. It what a what a crazy week of uh, actual NFL that of course affected our fantasy prospects. But uh, I guess starting with us, Joel, how did you do in fantasy this week? I pulled out some lucky W's, and I have to really thank the even though the Raiders lost, I really have to love on the Raiders this week. Uh, overall, Josh Jacobs has proven he is a top five back. This dude's nuts. Uh, he's just insane. And then I have Devonte Adams in another league who had the two biggest boom plays uh, for the Raiders that evening. It was pretty great. Yeah. Devonte Adams. I saw him. Did he get points for pushing that cameraman? Down? Oh man. That's <laughs> kind of sad. That? I did see that after the game. I was a little. Uh, yeah. Well um, yeah. Big congrats to anyone who had Josh Jacobs um, as I've been preaching all season. He's definitely worth starting again. You probably your flex are RB two and hell if you're desperate. Hell, if you're desperate, you know, maybe pushing into RB1. Um, He's so, putting yeah. up in the numbers for that category. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of Josh Jacobs. Uh, I like him. Um, I guess I'm I'm a fan of Devonte Adams. He's been performing fairly well. I always like Devonte. I'm great to see. I'm so happy to see him thriving in, you know, Vegas. Really, once they get another year or two under their belt with Josh McDaniels, they're going to be a really good team. They're, they're kind of in that unfortunate building woes. <sighs> You know, they're going for two really close at four minutes left was probably a, a rookie mistake as a head coach. You probably should have gone for the field goal just to, just in case because, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to be nuts. Travis Kelsey had the craziest night of football I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah, 25 he, yards, four it, touchdowns. It was uh, bananas nights for Travis Kelsey, and he still managed to not be the most bananas tight end. So I, I um, do. Well, yeah, Mark Andrews, I am. I, I oh, just, no, I'm, I'm talking about our tight end here. In New oh, Jason Hill. <laughs> The, the QB you, tight end of all combos. Uh, if you were either a Saints fan who started Taysom Hill and your tight end or flex, or like you were desperate enough to have to do that, holy hell, congrats. He probably won you a league game. <laughs> dude. Yeah. Dude like had, I, I don't even know how to explain what happened watching that. That was one of the craziest situations. If you're a Kamara owner, I would be furious. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Um, I, I am, I am a Taysom Hill owner and a Kamara owner and I didn't, I, I, I mean, you probably had him on your bench. You didn't have Taysom. Um, No one started. He started in 3% of leagues. Nobody started this guy. No, no. people started Kelsey. He, you, you bank on him in your second round pick to do what he does. And he was the touchdown eater last night. That dude just absorbed every touchdown he could. Well, Taysom was going to kind of lead into a topic I'm going to I want to get into a little bit later. But um, so you had uh, Josh Jacobs and he served you well. You won your fantasies this week. So, yes, I ended up we ended up we're going to get into this later about people that don't put up a lineup. Um, And I I kept track just in case had he ended up playing some other people to put fill in the spots. I still made enough points to win. So I yeah. feel comfortable in my victory. It wasn't like a free W um, that, you know, was just kind of handed over. And yeah. I won. Yeah. And Felt good. Your, uh, your other leagues too? You did good? Uh, one league I lost barely a couple of points. Uh, but then the other one, same thing. Devontae Adams, two big, incredible touchdowns <laughs> on 50 yard bombs on basically both of them. I think one was 53, one was 48. And yeah, because of those two insane plays, I pulled out a W, beat the guy by two, and moved uh, up in the rankings a little bit. Felt good. Very nice. Very nice. Congrats. Um, I went three and two this week overall and our keeper league. I did very well. And uh, I ran into a similar situation as you. We'll talk about that a little later, but um, I'll take the W however I can get it. Uh, this team had no chance of beating me because even my bench was probably my bench was probably more high scoring than most people's teams. I just want to, can we, can we give a shout out to my bench because I just kind of want to go through it real quick. And 
I'm very excited about some of these people because they're finally starting to show up on um, fantasy experts like waiver alerts and whatnot. So I'm excited that I had these people on my bench. I had Kenneth Walker, who, of course, took over for Rashad Penny in the uh, Seahawks game against the Saints. Um, You know, I guess I read something about he was a a good, you know, rookie who was coming up that was worth stashing away in a keeper league. Um, Daryl Henderson, I'm I'm not too hype on him. I'm glad I got him. I'm glad he's on a bench. I'm glad he's in a reserve role. Uh, Cam Akers sucks, and that's the only reason he's benefiting. But the Rams uh, just seem to be struggling. And there's another guy there that I can't think of off the top of my head. Who's other? For the Rams? Yeah, and there another running back that – Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers, and those are the only two that really matter if okay. there's anybody else on it. Um, well, I got Isaiah Pen. I help me with the name here. Isaiah Pacheco. Is that right? I'll take it. Nope. Yeah. Um, so he's finally starting to get some love in Kansas City, but of course, Clyde Edwards is having a great season right now. Why would you um supplant him? I got Chubba Hubbard waiting for uh, apparently Christian McCaffrey might get traded. What I'm, I'm hearing rumblings of That's, Christian McCaffrey you know, to the Bills. That, so. nah, yeah. Chubba, Chubba right there. You know, who, how much faith do they have in Chubba? I mean, it ain't going to be what? a winning season for the... <laughs> well, first off, the, the Carolina Panthers firing Matt Rule is great for really the rest of that. They're offense. burning it down, baby. They're That's burning it down. To them. Um, because that guy just didn't really have a grasp on how the NFL worked. Yeah. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was a top five back before really Matt rule got there. And since Matt rule got there, he's been either hurt or not performing. Uh, Baker's going to hopefully go up. You know, we'll see how they, always, whenever they do these coaching turnovers where you get an interim guy, yeah. then uh, we're going to get like, they're going to blow on out next week. They're going to put up 40 points. And then a week after that, they'll put up three. It's gonna I don't know. I tend to, I game. tend to think when they do this kind of stuff, like you, you literally fire your head coach and you like rumors of your best player getting traded away. Uh, yeah, that's kind of like a burn it all to the ground and start over mentality, but burn we'll see, I ground. guess. Um, but yeah, just to follow out on my bench here, Taysom Hill, uh, I really just wanted to give him a shout out and I'm proud that I got him and he's sitting on my bench. Well, you picked uh, him up off waivers too. Like, well, so there was, you know, I didn't you grab him off waivers? Uh, at some point, yeah, early in the season. Um, but I, I kind of, it was because I came to the realization that in the flex, I can put a tight end in this league. So gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, it's worth – I don't know if I ever will, just given how confident I usually am in my other players. But um, what an interesting uh, guy. And as I said, we'll kind of talk about that later. Um, but – and I'm sure you noticed, what's – we talked about it uh, privately. What is going on with, like, the refing and entries? It seems to be very uh, – I mean, we talk about it every year that injuries and officiating is terrible. But this scene, I guess the spotlight is just more on injuries and refing is just going to become more and more scrutinized as technology advances and the rules change because I guess they got to keep up with new rules and like I got to keep an eye out for all this shit. I just don't understand. So what what do you what do you how are you feeling? Uh, everything has been a massive overreaction to the two injury. It's really all the sports radio is talking about. Overreaction is the main word that you'll hear mm-hmm. just kind of over and over and over again. There's a lot of inconsistencies with it. Uh, the problem is, is that they don't really get penalized. You know, like they don't, What what's their, oh, if we miss the call, then what? You know, like, oh, how, well, how as, in trouble are we? Yeah. As oh, far as if we make an overcorrection, you know, like, yeah, because just this year in general has been a, a nightmare to watch games sometimes because you're confused as a fan where you're like, how are you calling that? Which, you know, as I'm not alone. I mean, you feel it. Millions of other people that are watching are feeling it. So how is the ref down there the one person in a million that feels differently about it? Well, here's, I guess, the counter argument. Are you putting yourselves yourself in like the feet of other teams? Like when things don't go, uh, you know, our way, of course, we feel more emboldened to say we were cheated by the refs. But if every fan is saying that for every team, doesn't it seem like it's kind of like a level playing field, at least to the point where like you can't complain. It happens to us too, you know? Right. Um, I, I do not like the idea of refs determining games. And sometimes that is what the play demands. So I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I'm not an expert and I'm sure experts are having this conversation, 
but like half the distance to like the goal. Oh my God. Like you're, you're kind of like giving a, you're giving them a touchdown at that point. And that's the problem. Like 15, if you give a team 15 yards for a penalty and they're within 40 yards or even 50, you've just like given them free points. You've just given, like you've put them in field goal range at the very least. And if their offense isn't total shit, (laughs) they're going to get points. So like I I don't I don't like that I don't like that that can happen I wish there was more of like a a scaling back of the the yards you receive for a penalty a penalty like instead of like half the distance for the goal it's like I don't know twenty five percent of the yards remaining I I don't know I don't know it's it's I, in all honesty it needs to be money <laughs> if you fuck up this call you lose fifty thousand dollars there well, you go bam that'll make you really like uh, i don't know <laughs> Let's but to do that for a you're gonna have to like pay the officiating more because like we clearly saw with, well, like, <sighs> at least on the medical side of it doctors are going to get fired for fucking up their job so like you know, if that's the consequence, like I would consider firing the ultimate financial consequence. <laughs> well, I mean, really, they need to. The refs don't get paid a lot of money. They should no. pay the refs more money. And we're at a point where technology mm. should kind of come into play. How do they add a sensor in the ball to tell if it hit the goal line? You honestly, you, you, it's not even adding a sensor into the ball. You, we have the cameras now where you can put like little dots on it that are like probably invisible to the human eye and just like catch bits of light that you know are all around stadiums that the cameras can sense but like there's there is a way technology can fix this i hope we get there soon uh nfl is a billion dollar industry so hopefully they can figure that out oh like i hate i'm i would consider myself more on the capitalist side of uh my economic thinking so I, i hate to see jobs get destroyed but at the same time, um, if we're going to have to pay them more, like, why not just develop the technology? You know why? Because it, and on a personal level, it, it fucks with your fantasy. And we talked about it last week. It's just it's ridiculous that a team will like Justin Tucker could get handed three points if if like they get within the 50 yard line for whatever reason. So, I mean, even aside from that, I'll always just as a Saints fan, you know, the no call year just. Yeah. Ever I, since then, I've just been like, what are you doing? How are you that blind? And that's how do you a, make these decisions? Well, and that's a big reason why I try and put myself in other teams' shoes. Like, I know as a Saints fan, we've been hit hard, and like it's only getting validated with the more fans that I talk to. But again, I, if we're all playing on the same playing field, it's hard to argue. And yeah, we got burned in real highlighted situations, but like, what are the actual metrics on like percentage of people who were like, this is a, a I felt this was a bad call. And then they ended up it, like, cause they'll come out and say like, we, we made a bad call and like, yeah, there's virtually no consequences. So I, I agree with maybe up in the consequences for that, but like that doesn't change the outcome of the game. No, like another Super Bowl for new Orleans. That could, how many millions in revenue that could have done for the city. So like, I mean, you can't put a price on it. Like the damage is like <laughs> unmeasurable and ir- irreparable. So like it's a bummer. And this is a game and, and this is not a series game. You know, football is a game of one. You win or lose on one. And this is a, I mean fantasy does this too. You know, like basketball, if you play fantasy basketball, you have all week to build up a score. And then at the end of the week, which you guys what you got because of how your team formed mm-hmm. all week. This is a one-stop shot. <laughs> and that's kind of the the problem. But we move out back into fantasy. We can get off the refs and all that other stuff. Yeah. Can. So uh, just uh, in, in kind of relation to that whole conversation, we saw a bunch of um, I wouldn't say people who were starters, maybe one or two of them on this list. I would say were starter well, man, three. Uh, these are people you probably patchworked in as like flex options or filler for previous positions you didn't get, do good at. Uh, Mayfield went out with an injury. Baker did. Um, and I'm only going to bring up Bridgewater because of Miami might be cursed. Um, just going to go and put that out there. We're going to see how the next quarterback does. Uh, but a player that had been doing really well all season, even outperforming his uh, better half, I would argue. T. Higgins went out with an injury and did nothing. Gave a big goose egg. Uh, Alave went down with a concussion. That's scary and unfortunate. Um, I think the Saints have the weapons on the team. I think Jarvis Landry is probably going to benefit the most from this. Um, but hopefully Michael Thomas comes back as well because Alave was killing it this season. Uh, he'll be out for a few weeks. Uh, Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, yeah, rookie. Uh, is he a rookie tight end? I think so. 
Yeah. Newer tight end. Um, he is out for a while. Rashad Penny looks like he was seasoned uh, for the Seahawks. Again. Again. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so again, this guy, he has so much potential in every year. Just. Yeah. So I'm just going to take this opportunity uh, as probably every fantasy podcast has pick up Kenneth Walker. If you can, um, I have him in a very deep league, but it's because it was a very deep league, but spend your money on him um, and try and get him your FAAB. Uh, and then someone who I kind of wanted to n- see not do well, but at the same time not get injured was the backup Aww. to Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> so mean. Yeah, well, I, you know, like I want this guy to suck. Yeah, no, I want to. Oh, I want. Nice. I want to make sure that uh, you know Taylor doesn't get usurped uh, because he's coming he back. Won't. He won't. Yeah, clearly not anymore. Uh, but Heinz Heinz went out, and it might be Philip Lindsay time. You know, you know, we never thought we'd say it again, but if Jonathan Taylor misses time, it might be Philip Lindsay time. Hey, you know what? The ultimate flex is coming on back, baby. Come on. You can do it. He's Come a good back. cuff, man. He's a good cuff with Heinz out. Philip I think. Lindsay I was like a good Lindsay. flex for, he was a serviceable flex for many years. If, if Taylor misses any more time for any reason and I have the bench space, I will probably target Philip Lindsay. Uh, I know he can receive uh, and he's a, Pretty good. I mean, there was a time when I felt like Philip Lindsay and Austin Eckler were probably on the same like conversation. And now that's been completely changed. Austin Eckler is a machine and Philip Lindsay has disappeared into the Colts. Yes, that is true. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's what the injuries. Uh, do you want to do a quick draft recap to kind of do, like just shouldn't take too long this week? Yeah, yeah. The ADP. Uh, yeah, downs. so if you're a frequent listener, I've I've did this weird statistic metric where I uh, logged all the eight top thirty players ADP, and now I've just kind of been measuring fantasy pros' confidence. I would say in these players week to week, um, it gets a little messy because now we're kind of getting into buy territory. So some players completely dropped off the ranking; they're not even eligible. So. I guess I'll just note that, but yeah, don't, don't think too much, into, much into it. But as far as week to week goes, confidence rating, this is where we stand now. Jonathan Taylor, who went number one overall, he has dropped down to 90 uh, or 157. I'm sorry. He dropped 90 from last week. That injury has really killed his stock. He's been a bust this season. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, number two drafted. He is currently lingering in at six. And I, I agree with that. I think he's, bounce back here in the past few games now that you know they realize that Mayfield can't do much on his own uh Austin Eckler drafted at three is now at four doing great he's fantastic Derrick Henry has a bye this week so he, he was the fourth rate rank bleh, fourth drafted ADP and he is on bye week this week uh Dalvin Cook ADP of five current rank of four Cooper Cup uh originally drafted six drop back down to two you drop back down to two because Saquon Barkley, who was drafted 17th, is now sitting number one. And um, he hasn't tapered off yet. There was no regression this week. Uh, say, congratulations to the Saquon owners. He might be a league winner this year. He's looking great. Him and yeah. Josh Jacobs are the number one and two of this past week, which is nuts. Yeah. And um, then, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. Leonard Fournette was number two. And then, um, Josh Jacobs was three, but yes, pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, I, I believe whatever you said. Uh, Najee Harris, seventh ADP. Uh, he's dropped down to 32nd. I think that's mostly just due to the shit that is the Steelers. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, Justin Jefferson, if you drafted him at eight, you are doing really well. He is the fifth ranked in this confidence metric. Joe Mixon, nine to 14. He, a little regression there. The Bengals offense has just been struggling this year. Um you would we've talked about it a few times you would have thought they would have gotten it together uh they cobbled it together i think a little better this week but it's joe uh, joe's still taking hits what's happening (laughs) and with the current concussion protocols in place it's only a matter of time before he gets out for a few games with the amount of hits he's getting he's averaging getting hit four to five times a game yeah, like he's plus not... there's 10 plus dropbacks. There's ever there. He gets pressured on over 60% of his because they just know that this line is going to crumble and your future star is going to die back there in three years. Yeah. And everyone is going to suffer because of that. I mean, I think T Higgins was the only one who was 
valuable as far as their ADP goes until, of course, injury. But uh, Jamar Chase even regressed on. But I will say I am happy with the next two ranks. They they fell back into place. Jamar Chase at, came in at number 10 ADP, and Alvin Kamara came in at 11 ADP. They both currently sit at 10 and 11, respectively. So that was happy to see. Um, DeAndre Swift, I believe he's still out, it seems. Still out. Going to be out probably another week or two. Devontae Adams is on bye this week. Chubb was drafted at 14. He is number three this week, uh, as we've talked about in a previous episodes. Episode, yeah, man, my brain's not doing well today. It's still recovering from the Saints. Um, as we've talked about in previous episodes, Chubb and Saquon are really the the two have drafted, out, really outperformed their ADP so far. Um, and well, you, you'll that and, and I, I was going to bring up Josh Allen. Josh yeah. Allen and Patrick Mahomes getting take. If you'd have taken them number one and two, I probably would have been like, "That's not smart." But now looking at how they're putting up over thirty plus a week, you know, if you'd have got them number one, it, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's a waste of your pick. Yeah, you know, a lot of these guys, a top, Christian McCaffrey would have been a waste of a pick at number two. You should have taken these guys that would go back later. And then you just have them set, which is crazy because I never would tell anyone to take a quarterback number one overall. Never. You but know, looking at how they're performing, I might next year be like Patrick Mahomes, number one, baby. Give him. So here's Josh Allen, number one. I've definitely put some thought into that. And I, you, of course, we look at quarterbacks scoring the most every season. That's why, like, I don't even rank quarterbacks in this. It's really just flex players because, of course, the quarterbacks are going to be the highest scoring player pretty much projected any given well week. i mean you want that but it's not even just quarterbacks it's those guys specifically between there's three there's lamar there's josh allen and then there's patrick mahomes and then this year you can add jalen hurts as a fourth guy into that yeah, yeah. we don't know how he's going to do it after this but consistently that we have seen proven on at least a three to four year basis now it has been lamar josh allen and mahomes those are the three those dudes put up numbers yeah I, i'm very happy that and which if you at one, two, and three, you take those guys, and then, oh, Jonathan Taylor goes number four. It's like, all right, well, you took a shot at number four. You know, like yeah. you could have taken King Henry too because that's another one where you're like, ah, that's Mr. Consistent. Yeah. Saquon's um, on the up and up, which is great, but next year is it going to look like that? We don't know. This, these dudes are proven. That's what I'm saying. These one, two, three picks, you, we don't know next year. I might change it up, bro. <sighs> I don't because all right. So here, here's the counter argument. You're missing out, and it can be the same counter argument people would make against like the zero RB strategy. Is that you're just kind of risking that first opportunity on a a very singular position. You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't know how to phrase it any better than that. It's a gamble. Um, It is. But here's here's because I I feel as though I've been burned by a quarterback enough to know that like not to rely too much on a quarterback unless I see it. And like those quarterbacks that you mentioned, Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, and Allen, of course, I think everybody saw them probably go in, in the top three, four quarterbacks off the draft board. Yeah. Like I know I drafted him. If he was still available in round three in any league I was in, I was going to get him. <laughs> yeah. Josh Allen. Sorry. Josh uh, Allen. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, um, but I was very happy to get um, Lamar and, I, I kind of bummed out with uh, Herbert, Justin Herbert. I think uh, I should have gone with Patrick Mahomes, but I don't know. I can't, I'd have to go back to look at the one league where I, what opportunity did I pass up? Which when he's healthy, that dude is lethal. He's not healthy this year. He's been like, what was it week one? I think they cracked his ribs and then like, he's just been off ever since. Yeah. So I'm, that's I'm another struggling. team that's had a lot of expectation. It's kind of, slowly trickled off but Eckler's still putting up his numbers so yeah um so moving down uh, if you drafted Travis Kelsey at 16 with his ADP he's currently ranked 19th even after that performance we saw this past week they're playing the bills coming up so I understand that lack of confidence I, I get that from the professionals uh as we've already mentioned Saquon 17 to number one congrats Saquon owners Javante Williams of course ADP 18 now at nothing sorry brothers or sisters who drafted Javante Yep. Um, injuries happen and it sucks that season long ones happen even more. Um, congratulations to Melvin Gordon owners who probably cuffed Javante if that was something they did. Um, and go out and get Mike Boone if you can. He seems to 
be now splitting the load with Mel fumble, fumble hands, Gordon, <laughs> <laughs> this poor guy. I really want to like him and just, he, he fumbles so much. Yeah. Aaron Jones popped up a little bit from his ADP of 19 to 12. CD lamb hovering about around his ADP from 20 to 22, little regression there. Uh, Debo Samuel jumped a little bit from 22 to 15 Tyreek Hill. Of course, losing his quarterback did not matter that much. He is from 23 to 16 currently standing uh, Leonard Fournette 24 to nine. Uh, as we saw last week, he, or this past week, he did good enough to uh, warrant a lot more confidence. Uh, I think some, uh, Fantasy owners may want to worry about injury and just the longevity of him. So go out and get Rashad White if yeah. you're concerned about Nab that. Him. Go ahead and cuff Fournette if you have him. Don't risk it. And I'm extending the list to one extra player uh, to include Mark Andrews this week. He went from 25 to 24. If you are taking that guy fourth overall, I can't be mad at you. Yeah, that dude's yeah, putting yeah. Up numbers. I took him somewhere at three, so... I think at the end of the year, I want to look up for most points scored overall, and then we can look and see like, oh, draft positions. So are we gonna? Yeah, are we gonna like uh, shelf the debate over Mark Andrews and Kelsey or week to week? Oh yeah, like, these dudes okay. are top two number. Yeah, they're insanely <laughs> good. It, it makes yeah. Mark Andrews. First off, I I hate that I was a hater about where you picked him. That was really it. I never doubted how good he was. I hated how high he was getting picked, but. He's at that status now with Kelsey where they're touchdown eaters. That's just what they do. They just touch. They, and Lamar Jackson, that's his favorite receiver, which is great. When you find a tight end that has a, that like is a favorite receiver of a quarterback. Cause those are so few and far between you got to get them. Yeah. You got to get them. Greg Olson used to be that for me. Uh, all reliable. I used to call him all reliable. I miss, I miss, old I Greg miss Olson. me some Greg Olson. All reliable. 12 points a week. It, get him in the seventh does. round. Every that relationship uh, from Cam Newton to Greg Olson does feel a lot like Lamar to Mark Andrews. I I love that comparison. It, it's, it feels good. <laughs> it feels good. It feels good. You're comfortable with it. You're like, this year I've been sold. I am a Mark Andrews fan now. Congratulations, Baltimore. And all the Mark Andrews fans out there, I am on the train. I was a fan. Uh, injury pending. You know, I think with any player, of course, we say that uh, he will end up being at least a top three tight end. And that's why I drafted him as I as I did. I don't want to have to worry about that. So I'm comfortable with my tight end that I only have to worry about. I think week seven is his bye week. We'll, we'll look into that here in a second. Uh, so that's the ADP analysis. Uh, Taysom Hill is one of those players who probably jumped a lot in confidence, even though he's such a spotty performance guy. I didn't make it that far down the list because his ADP was probably outside of the top 200. I'd imagine. I would say that even though he is spotty, he's not worth starting a quarterback ever, but he might be worth starting at tight end every week with how the saints are playing. So that kind of leads into this conversation I wanted to have. And that's why I kind of put it early on the back burner early. Um, what in your mind are some of the players in history? Cause you go back a little further into the fantasy world than I did. What are some of those players that got dual position points like Taysom Hill has now it might not, there might not be anyone fantasy wise like Taysom Hill, but I just wanted to pick your brain and see what you could recall and remember. I've listed a few here that we can kind of talk through, but if you see any that aren't on the list, uh, feel free to shout them out. Um, I think Debo Samuel could count somewhere in there. He's just kind of like, well, are we, he's kind of like the inverse of Alvin Kamara, like where Alvin Kamara gets reception points a lot. And yes, there are. Yeah. Where if they're going to be, well, the thing that's specific about Taysom is that he will be listed as two positions. He -hmm. gets listed as a quarterback and a tight end. Very few players are listed as dual roles like that. I think Devin Hester at one time they had like, as a receiver and a running back, because he would do both. Um, yeah, Percy right, Harvin yeah. was one that they used for things like that, where he would also get used for punt returns and kickoff returns, where if your special teams points were added into that, Percy Harvin was like a top three receiver because he was returning the ball at such a high rate. So there's a few people over time, but Taysom Hill is specifically a tight end. There has never been this jack-of-all-trades tight end usage in fantasy where he literally can get put in a flex tight end or QB position. That's just unheard of. I did a little digging, and I think the only person that I could even compare would be Edelman just because he has like slipped in and played quarterback a couple times. 
Did they ever list him as one? No, I don't think so. Not probably yeah. not on the starting sheet. But like, so, yeah. Congrats to Taysom Hill, number one on top of this list of people that has the most but what, tags after your after your name for your position. But you would think, and uh, we ran into this situation with Ty Montgomery a couple of years ago. Like, is he I a remember. wide? They were upset what position if, is he? What is yeah? He what playing? position is he? And I think the lines are, of course, getting blurred more and more every year. Shout um, out to Ty Montgomery we're kind of just reapproaching like the high school mentality of like, put your best athlete at any position you need your best athlete at. And I'm not opposed to it, but yeah, I, I agree. Like Taysom Hill's situation, his usage is just unprecedented, unprecedented, but what do you do with that for fantasy? I will say that. <laughs> Cause I don't feel this... confident starting him as any of those. No. Yeah. <laughs> Tight, like I said, tight end might be the only one that's worth it. But even though he is listed as a tight end, he only goes out there to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Very rarely does he line up in the tight end position other than to block. Yeah. And if he does line up out there and isn't blocking, he's an option. He's not the main person. But so he'll, he'll chunk some balls. He'll, too. he'll chuck some balls. He'll be the quarterback, which is awesome. Or he'll get one of those. Um, like the, I forget what you call it, like the flip plays where you pass it off and you throw it down to him and then he throws it down the yeah. way. Uh, so it's kind of tough to play. I It's tough because you want to have him on your team. You want to see these booms. You're never going to really start him. But if you did, I would probably start him at tight end over anything else. But, I mean, he's going to go behind the Kelsey's, the Mark Andrews, even the, oh, the, yeah. the Goderts in that in, um, in Philly. Like yeah. he is quietly having a very consistent season. Uh, people are, are kind of sleeping on him. But again, I like it's not Hawkinson really as tight lot, end. But it's not as tight end. Yeah. So t- tough call. Taysom Hill, good for you, man. You you break everybody's brain. Yeah, I good and congratulations to the Saints for negotiating a hell of a good deal for a player like that. Um, I think he deserves to be paid more than he does, of course. But uh, I would consider Taysom Hill a desperate tight end play. Like if you needed a tight end. And I would also consider it a desperate flex play because, okay. you know, I don't, I don't think I could play Taysom over a potentially starting running back for any team no. or even a wide receiver one for any team. Like God bless you. If you have a, a, a team starting wide receiver one in your flex, um, I don't, but I do have starting running backs and I just don't think I, I could risk playing Taysom who might not see any action. I mean, I, I don't want to say his role is game dependent, but it kind of is. It's it is. Just, it's pick and choose. Like if we send him out there, he he's probably going to do well, whatever he does. And this week specifically, we were out a lot of people. The same we as the same. Yeah, he filled a lot of injuries. So he filled a lot of voids. So that is game dependent because he's if he if Michael Thomas is healthy, he's going to be an option to receive the ball downfield before Taysom Hill is the option to go out there and run. So it just if, it is what it is. But in goal line standing situations, Taysom might be the play. All right, but so, as a Kamara fan, you know, the, ah, my brain, it's already broke. <laughs> ah. Yeah. So I just I'm trying to I'm trying to focus it down to um, fantasy purposes. I think he's worth a bench stash if you have room and need a backup tight end. Mm-hmm. And if you're desperate, slip him in the flex. But I don't think I could rely on him week to week. Now, I'm probably going to eat my words at some point because he's averaging 15 points a game in ESPN leagues. Yeah, but that's that's from this week where it was like 32 this week. One week he had a goose egg. One game he had a goose egg. He had zero. One game he had six. So, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, tough play. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't think I'm ever gonna probably. I wouldn't bank on him. it. But compare if you if you're desperate, you know, Logan Thomas has been out and injured. There's not a lot of good tight ends to go around. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had Conklin this past week, which I do, you know, he got a fat goose egg from Zach Wilson. Literally, Jesus. he did not get. Uh, he got one target in a forty point blowout. Like Taysom Hill might had, be a better option then. I had Dalton Schultz and Conklin and one Dalton league. Schultz. Zero both points. of them got zero. I was just so useless at tight end. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> if I, yeah, just anybody, but it, if I'd have put Taysom Hill in, holy shit. Um, so yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we talked that out. I, I, again, I, congratulations to Taysom Hill. He's a hell of a player, but he's such a fucking anomaly. 
it's hard to do anything with that fantasy wise consistent without saying you're desperate. Um, I don't, even as a saints fan, I don't think I, I, I know when Taysom goes in, who's he's going to do well, but I don't know when he's going to go in. And, you know, hopefully he never has to go in. Hopefully we're always doing well enough for where he doesn't have to go in. I don't want to be playing from behind. So like there might be a little like fan bias there, but yeah, I just for fantasy purposes and someone like me who likes to run the numbers and have consistency and like set and forget, I can't rely on Taysom. So get, get him if you can, but don't, don't rely on it. That's my general advice. Good right. advice. Uh, so this kind of doesn't kind of, we now roll into a segment we've talked about this week that I think a lot of fantasy league commissioners have dealt with and a lot of like fellow just teams, like they, they don't want to like go through a league where they're just blasting through people who aren't playing. It's not fun. Like when people give up early. Um, so the question, I'm just going to pitch it out there. Like, what do you do about absent fantasy team managers and how do you address them? And I'm going to kick it to you because I do have some thoughts. And as a commissioner of multiple leagues over the years, I have had to intervene, so to say. So uh, I'll, wh- what do you think? How, how, are, how do you feel about it? I have strong, strong feelings about this. I am perturbed and angry when people <laughs> just quit on their team. I don't give a crap if your team sucks and you go one in 15, you set a lineup, you committed, you committed. And we've all had losing seasons. We've all not liked how some things pan out. We've all not liked certain settings. We've all been there. It's not a perfect world. It is what it is. And that's why so many, there's so many leagues you can join, but when you quit and don't say anything, or you just blatantly stop because you're losing and you're pouting, you're a baby grow up. It ruins it for everybody else. There's players on your team that could be traded that are no longer available. There's one, for instance, in our league, there's a guy that's holding Zach Wilson on IR. Well, he's no longer on IR, but he's in the spot, and he needs to be moved out of his spot and back on his roster. Which Not until he has move- to make a, a waiver move. I mean, that's, I think, how ESPN works. But but that's you should have to move him off of IR. Otherwise, you're just stashing players on IR that aren't on IR. That's not That's not fair. Well, that may that be moves more of a setting off. thing that I have to address as like Either a setting way, person. If you were looking at that, I mean, like, how is that? You're like, okay, well, that guy's got 19 I'm, roster spots. I'm pretty sure it's like if you if you make any moves, you have to address it. I, I think it might be more than just waiver. I think if you move someone's start to bench or whatnot, um, we'll see. Um, so is that either is way? That, that is that. Uh, I also. Um, I all back to your original point, which was, what do you do about it? Yeah. I've already vented about how I, it makes me feel. This is what I would do about it. I always have people kind of waiting in the wings to join a league. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I got, I, I got friends who want to play and no matter what the league is, I can get someone to join. So if you, I, I have kind of like a three week, you're out rule. Um, if you, if you haven't checked it in three weeks, I'll replace you. Because at that point, you're really giving it, it messes with the standings. Yeah. You know, it, people, your plus minuses and points are determined on positions. Yeah. So, therefore, if you're just not, if you're just blowing up a lot of points against this guy and eating in wins and you have yeah. few points, but one guy's got a thousand more points, he's playing people that are harder than you, then he really should be above you. Yeah. Th- that's what I'm, it screws, it screws up the integrity of everything. So, we are in a keeper league yeah. where people drafted. Integrity is important in a keeper league. Integrity is important. You in a have to league. have that for that. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, these two dudes that we have in this league that have kind of quit, which I'm calling them out now on the pod. Uh, don't think I haven't made phone calls to have people lined up, ready to click submit. I, that's my team now because they're good teams. They're good <laughs> teams. I was I, the two people I talked to. I was Anthony and my brother. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, both of them. It was, mm-hmm. I was like one team has Josh Allen. One team has um, what was what was the one you played? Oh, I can't remember. Hold on, let me check real quick. Watson's booty hole. Um, Joe Burrow, Aaron Jones, Justin Jefferson, Daryl Patterson, Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, Hunter Renfro. There's a this is a good team, and so Gerald these two Everett. people that we talked that I talked to were like, bro, they got Kyle Pitts and Clyde Edwards Hilaire on. They the have bench. good teams, and so they were like, bro, how much is the buy-in? I'll I'll pay double now to get in. I want this Ooh, bad because these know. are 
these are people. That's what I'm. But I'm just saying that's the whole point is that people want to play. There are hungry people out there to stay in these keeper leagues that really fight to have people to play every year. It's such a struggle to get the same people to play every year. And if you have people that are committed and are willing to try and put in the effort, they should be rewarded with something. Then, and if you quit, you should just be kicked out. Anyway, that was my long rant. Yeah. Back to you. I like it, man. I, I agree with a lot of what you said on like a very personal level. I think if you're going to sign up for fantasy football, like you should, that's a commitment. Like you're kind of just saying like, Hey, I, I'm committing to this 18 week little thing. You know, I'm going to check it at least once a week. Right. That's not too much to ask for. Like that's less than like a, a book group. Right. Yes. So, so I, that's I, less it's so minimal and even more so if you're doing it like in protest of something whether that be like your score or i mean your, your current uh, standing i guess or just how things have played out i i don't know what your motive for is but it, again it does ruin it for other people and you know for the sake of everyone in the group you know read the book you know we're not asking you to you know be present and you know can pat people on the back and you know, we're not like in most of the leagues I'm in, I don't shit on like I don't talk shit throughout most of the league. Again, normally I like to do it in person. <laughs> if I'm gonna shit talk, I find that way more entertaining. Let the numbers speak for themselves. Um, so like yeah, I I I don't think there should be any reason for anybody to not play fantasy. And and now we're kind of getting into it. Like, what's the leniency? What What's the metric you use to say, okay, I understand, you know, you're going through a divorce. This is going to be a hard month, you know, like you're going through some shit. I don't. So like, what's the threshold, I guess. Well, is that's where that's I, why I had I it. I, that's what I said was the three week you're out rule. So yeah, you provided the three week. That's almost I, all. I mean, that's a lot of time for football. You're talking about 21 plus days of you not just checking an app on your phone. That is a lot of time. Um, but here's my opinion at that point, it's already influenced uh, other people. So everyone else might as count. Sorry, everyone else might as count, like moving forward, that like if you play this person, you get like nobody's checking in. I'm not a fan of changing things mid-season. I'm very opposed to that. I'm very locked in. Let's not uh, edit anything unless it's dire situations. There's only been one maybe two times that I can think of where someone has left a league and I had to go in like just straight up said, I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, refund me my buy-in like I'm, I'm, I'm out. And I was okay with that. I get that. Uh, I don't think anyone should be bound to it. Um, it's, it, it kind of gets frustrating when they're not communicating. Right. Right. So that's I the think, other part. Communicate, yeah. just answer. A phone Clear call, communication a is an attempt. Um, I, honestly, me, I'm kind of at the point where like, I would give them the three week and then try and like, really like, Hey, you are at risk for losing this team at the end of the season. If you're not going to try, that's kind of where I'm more at. I don't want to like take over their team unless they say I'm out, go ahead and do it now. But I'm, I'm okay with like giving fair warning and them just being shitheads and not checking and being terrible about it. I'll take a W I'll like, again, even as commissioner, man, I'll, I'll take the W if 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 that means other people are going to get a w2 like i don't have a problem with it. it's kind of like the ref thing if it's going to affect everybody across but, the board but not everybody is going to play that person x amount of times for free w's so if you got two free yeah, w's true. and i got one that's not fair that's why i am for replacing them earlier than later because then you have people that are actually trying to play yeah i i can kind of yeah i i understand that because if they're I, not really going to play now that. if they're not going to play now they're not going to hop in in four weeks and suddenly give a shit and if next year they already have a patterned trend of being like i quit at week four because i'm losing I don't no, like no, no 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 uh, here, no here's, here's where i stand like if i'm like I, if i'm giving you a warning that's mm-hmm. that's like hey you you haven't been playing for a couple weeks check your fucking shit in or like you're going to be gone at the end of the season i'll make the move at the end of the season but i'm not going to like again intervene unless absolutely necessary i understand that there is and i kind of mentioned this there's a certain aspect to tanking in a keeper league depends you know you might you might be able to draft first next year so 
there is an element of strategy. What I don't like is players that are inactive, you know, just set your line. Even if you're going to play bonk players, even if it's like pretty clear that you're, you're attempting to lose, show me the effort. Like at least show me there's the effort of strategy that you're willing to like be a part of this group long-term. Yeah. So uh, as far as our league goes that we're in, keep me posted i'm gonna keep my eye a little sharper on it but like yeah if by week six they're clearly not checking in and not willing to respond to like messages about it or being like iffy in the messages they are like i'd consider it but again unless they say i want out i'm not gonna like just kick them. i will say i have sent four emails and six trade proposals just to try to get this dude's attention and he will not respond so if he ain't responding to me good luck you know, again, back to you don't know some of these people's situations. I don't really see some of the emails that come through for um, ESPN. So I I don't understand because everyone that I'm in this keeper league with is also in another ESPN account. But they they communicate, I will say, mostly through group text. They they have acknowledged that, hey, we don't really you know keep up with private messages through the system or whatnot. Um, so I'll I'll reach out, you know, a little bit more direct. But I. I Again, I would support a more direct line of communication if he can get in touch with them. Give them fair warning. I'm personally not a fan of taking over teams or kicking people and replacing people midseason. Um, okay. But I do understand that point of view. It is something I would be willing to put towards like a league vote if I was a commissioner for said league with the issues. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it is what it is until they say I'm out gotcha. or die. And we've okay. already talked about what happens when people die <laughs> or die. Yeah. You die with this fucking league blood in, blood out. Um, so yeah, thanks. Thanks for bringing it up. I did notice it. Um, I, I, I guess my hunger for a free W kind of supplanted my, my pursuit for fantasy commissioner equality and justice. It's comforting to know we have people in the background who always want to play fantasy. I think you and I both just have, played fantasy long enough to have those people who'd be like oh yeah i jump in for half a season that sounds actually much easier my my brother is literally chomping at the bit to get he's like as soon as they say yes or no let me know i want in i'll i i want in right now he's like i will take over right now he literally has texted me four times about so just so you know those dudes are on the chopping block we got dudes in the waiting tell you what i'll i'll make an effort to reach out um i'll check in after the thursday night game and i'll reach out saturday um, okay. Just to give him the best opportunity to heed warnings. Um, and after that, you know, I'm just going to put it to a league vote. Like these people aren't active. They clearly don't want to participate. Um, do we remove them now and move on with, you know, new people or I can commission. I mean, I, again, I'll put it to a vote, but like, yeah, at a certain point it is kind of. Detrimental it needs to be to addressed. League. I'll say it that way. It needs to be addressed. And we can talk about it all we want and what we would do hypothetically for our league. <laughs> but yeah, until, until it's like brought to the attention. Um, yeah. I'm just, I can't make a final say I've, I've been through stuff like that before. And, you know, I just much like the refing and officiating situation, I try and put myself in everybody's shoes. If, you know, I'm losing my family in a sticky divorce, fantasy football is going to be the last thing on my mind for a couple months, you know, I get it. But that's clearly not the case with us. So maybe something else is going on. We'll dig into it. Find out. Communicate with your league mates if you see this issue happening in your league. Uh, so we're coming up on the end here. And, of course, Joel and I have little, these little side competitions going on, one of which could actually be beneficial and the other is just a straight-up bet, I guess. We'll see how it plays out. We, we've put some money on the line, I suppose. Some of them, but, yeah. But before we get into the NFL pick, of course, uh, as I said, we we give you a little bit of advice with our defensive and special team and kicker picks of the week. These are thoroughly researched, researched and vetted players that Joel and I think you could probably get off the waiver. They should be available. They should be available. They should be. You want to go first? Uh, yeah. Give me just a second to pull up some information here. Uh, so I had a, I kind of had a tough decision on my hands because last week you suggested, or you kind of 
you stepped on my toes a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. Okay, you, my bad. My um, but my you bad. said uh, Brett Mayer. Yeah, right? my boy. And he had a great game. Um, I Looked incredible. Yeah, who did I pick? I said I picked Suckup, who yep. also had a good game. He outscored his projection, um, but he did not do as good as your pick, Mar. So I got me thinking. That got me thinking. I got to check out this market. And I looked into him. He looks great. He looks great. And I could not decide between him or my natural heart pick, Graham Gano, for this week. Mm. Right? And who did you go with? Who are the people going to decide on? So I I want to go with Gano. Okay. But. But. <laughs> but. Um, because he is rostered in 71% of leagues, I feel like I can't choose him. Okay. So to keep in line, and I'm not, and I'm not, I let you step on my toes and now I cut your toes off and now they're my toes. Okay. Ah. So I'm going to go with Mar. Okay. He is my kicker pick of the week. Uh, they are playing Philadelphia this week. Uh, hopefully it's a shootout. Hope if Dak can come back, I don't know how much a quarterback influences uh, a kicker. If having Cooper have they Rush confirmed back. that he's back? Is it? His no, I, I think we're gonna. That's find what I'm saying. Out. We don't know. Yeah, I, I. If it's Cooper Rush one more time, Bill Martha or uh, that Brent Well, Lewis clearly have we've seen day. the Dallas Cowboys function just as well without. He they're undefeated with Cooper Rush, so. They Maybe Dak comes in and throws it off. Um, I do know that the Eagles look fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, they will be putting up a hell of a game. There will be points on the board, so there will be at least field goals attempted, you know. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, extra points. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, a shootout leads to at least a good floor for him this week and the potential of the Eagles holding Dallas just to field goals would be great, you know. I think that I think the kids got it. Uh, he's available, and it looks like almost ninety-five percent of leagues on ESPN. Uh, so he's he is significantly available. He is my pick of the week. I like it. I like it. My uh, last week I picked the Jags. They put up six points as a defense, which is serviceable, I guess. Not great. You really would like closer to ten. I'll count that as a point five. So I uh, they they. <sighs> I mean, like they had some incredible defensive performances. Baltimore put up incredible numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jets, the Jets, 40 nah. to 17. They beat none the, of them to Conklin. They, none of Jet points to Conklin, though. Uh, New England had the number one because they held Detroit scoreless. Yep. Just what, I, how, why, how? New England's um, defense has been historically good, though. Yes. I, I, I scooped them in a couple leagues where they were still available um, to be a backup man. defense. It just proved to me again, Bill Belichick has Jared Goff's number, dude. Jared Goff can just not beat Bill Belichick. That dude destroys him. Significant. As we mentioned last week, there's something going on in Detroit. It was nothing. Nothing is going on in Detroit. Nothing. Not this week. Pooty pooty. So this week I had a I had a good, tough, tough two choices. Um, because one game is a Thursday night game and I, I don't like picking the Thursday night games because usually one team is really good and one team usually really sucks. Uh, it's kind of how it usually works out on Thursdays. Uh, yeah. So I was debating between picking the Bears and Washington at home because uh, Washington just can't seem to do anything and Carson Wentz is throwing picks left and right uh, no matter what. And then the Seahawks uh, against Arizona uh, also at home. I have this weird new obsession with how good the Seahawks are playing. Oh yeah. Gina Smith Smith. has intrigued me on levels that don't make sense because when he came out of college at West Virginia, we were like, this guy is terrible. He's going to go to the jets with Rex Ryan and he's going to suck. The Broncos were supposed to get better in the trade. Not and they the did not. And the Seahawks, he has much better number. I don't know. Yeah. So um, anyway, I uh, it was a really tough, tough decision, but I'm going to go with the Bears. Uh, the Bears on Thursday night against Washington at home. Uh, the Bears are rostered in only 4% of leagues, like 4% because that's just, yeah, that's the game we're playing here. And out of all the other, you know, the Chiefs are playing Buffalo. If you believe in the Chiefs holding Buffalo to some kind of re- it, you can pick them, but I don't. Um, a lot of good teams are on by this week. We really start the bye week meltdowns for the next few weeks. Um, and so, yes, that is my Detroit Lion, Houston Texans, lost to the Vegas Raiders and Tennessee Titans on by. Yes. So a lot of buys. 
not the uh, Seahawks. Not the Seahawks. If you want to take a gamble. Or the Bears, sorry. If you want to take a gamble and you don't like the Bears' choice, Cincinnati comes into the dome. <laughs> don't put – we yeah, our defense is – Marshawn Lattimore been getting torched, bro. <laughs> Jamar, Jamar Chase is going to embarrass Lattimore. I hate to say it, but boy, oh boy, they could they could do something on us. Yeah. Um, so what's our what's our current total just uh, on point differential? Joel and I have allocated points, half points, and one and a half points depending on how good our prediction was. So where are we at now? Uh, uh, from where we're at right now, I have three and a half points, and I just broke my chair. Um, I have Sorry. three and a half points, and you have four and a half points. So okay. you're up a whole point on me. Okay. It's still close. Not, not, I haven't, uh, there's not enough separation there for me to be comfortable. Not yet. <laughs> All right. Well, looking forward to seeing how that plays out. I might have to scoop Mar and at least one league. I don't know if I'm going to pick up the bears. Thankfully, thankfully I've, I've scooped. I was pretty like much like tight ends. I, I valued overvalued defenses. So I have the bills and a lot of leagues and now I have the Patriots and another, and I, I think I'm all right. So yeah, you do. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, check out those picks. Hopefully our in-depth analysis helps you out because it may or may not help us. Yeah. All right. Uh, so another little side thing that we also picked up was just a general NFL pick them. We'll just close out the show with uh, our game pick of the week, who we think is going to win. We can't pick the same team twice. What is our current record and who am I not allowed to pick? <laughs> I am one in one. Okay. Because last week I picked Jacksonville and Jacksonville lost. All right. Um, actually, let me get a little notepad going over here for that because that's that's where we're at. So I am one and one because my first week I picked the Vikings and then I picked Jacksonville. I know mine. Who did you pick for yours? I don't I remember. Yours. Remember? Let me check. Uh, I don't think I wrote it down. I will update this podcast with our current record. I think after I may have picked the Vikings until last week's after last week. Um, so I think I picked see. the Browns and the Vikings, and I, I can't. I think I lost the Browns, and I may have won Vikings this past week. Okay, well, then who did the Vikings play? Uh, yeah, they played the Bears. So I think I, I think that's why I picked the Vikings. No problem. I will. Get so a, I think I'm one and one right there with you. I will do. Yeah, so just create will, a doc, save it, or whatever. All I right. got you. Okay, so then you Browns and you got a, a so right now we're one and one. Mm-hmm. And you cannot pick the Vikings or the Browns. Who you take? Ooh, brother. I'm trying my best to get rid of teams that I would just never pick to win, right? Right. And I'm I'm kind of looking. I hate to do this. I think I'm going to go with Chargers over Broncos or Chargers. I like it. Okay. I, I, I'm not. A, I'm not super high on the Chargers this year. There's other shittier teams that I. I could. I think I might be able to like get lucky off on like the Jets versus the Packers. Ugh. Just to keep it interesting, I will pick the Broncos so that way we can get a firm one or behind in this standings that All we're right, currently that's, at. That's a bold, bold so buy, man. I'm going with the Broncos. You're going with the Chargers. That is our weekly pick em. Uh Good luck, sir, to you. Good luck you. to you. And now we'll keep better track. <laughs> I, have a, I have a good firm standing document right. of it all. It's going together well. Perfect, perfect. Uh, just put it with the defensive and the special teams. Yeah, um, well, we've covered a lot of ground today. Um, is there anything you're looking forward to going into next week other than just scrambling to fill your bye week blues? I mean, I, as I said, there's only a, the Lions who are already being beaten down. If you're starting Lions anyway, sorry. This um, week um, for me is a tough week for the buys because I have both Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs on buys. So my two okay. main so scores on running back are going to be – so I have Eric, James Conner and J.K. Dobbins in. Not really expecting a whole lot from either of those guys. J.K. Uh, could but, be worth something, but James Conner has been uh, hot, wet garbage. Hot, wet garbage. So 
Uh, I also have Mike Boone, the Denver running back. So we'll see. You know, I might. Who knows? Who knows? I had to patch Mike Boone into my one of my lineups as well. I'm not. I'm not upset about it. I, I think uh, with him performing just as good as Melvin Gordon did this past week, it's smoke. You were. I wanted to bring up uh, another point that you were correct about Antonio Gibson. That uh, Brian Robinson just totally came in and overtook that backfield. Oh yeah, and <laughs> just dominated the touches, the goal line work, the passing game. He just was like, oh. Well, and he was on a snap count, baby. Yeah, so he yeah. looks like the truth. Uh, if you have him in your leagues, congratulations. Good call. I look like a dummy. Uh, Cole Komet not- finally had a showing out party, my boy. There he finally go. had his most targets, which was four. And he caught four passes for 45 yards. 100%. So he ended up with eight and a half points. This is his highest points so- total of the year so far. He's been a lot of bust, a lot, a lot, a lot of bust, uh, really just because that whole offense is terrible. But um i'm waiting to hear on the Tua uh injury that should probably be back not this week it'll probably be the week after and that is where we are at god i'm sorry i hope Tua retires brother also to, <laughs> no I, I i wouldn't be upset with him if he did no, uh yeah. the one thing i will say is conklin is looking uh very upset we talked about it briefly earlier that he had one target on a 40 point blowout uh, back wilson don't like him Zach Wilson just cannot seem to throw to him for whatever reason. Uh, I miss the the gunslinger of Joe Flacco out there hugging, chugging at football and because Conklin was eating him up. So I am starving at tight end. There is really like six decent ones to have. If you don't have one, you're kind of screwed. And here we Go are. Get Taysom Hill and hope. Can't you have him? <laughs> oh, well, if it's available, if it's available, yeah, available in your leagues. Sorry. He's available in your leagues. Go look. All right. Well, um, I, I don't have much I'm looking forward to. I'm pretty stoked with all my team's performances. I'm, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. Um, I think I'll, I've benefited from some injuries. Again, I have Kenneth Walker on my bench in some leagues. So uh, I think I'm, I've positioned myself to do well the rest of the season. We'll see how it goes. All this is crazy and can change at any time. Um, I think personally, I'm looking forward most to most this weekend is being able to like watch it watch more games and not just get toasted off frozen Irish coffees. So yes, that's my goal for this week is to be coherent enough to like analyze the games instead of just looking at highlights and the numbers the day after Tuesday morning. <laughs> Silly boy. All right. This has been the sunken city fantasy project podcast hosted by no sports with me, Brian and me, Joel, you and- nailed it. Yeah, and we will see you next time, team. Oh, God. That was... uh...